You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for joining us for a special weekend bonus edition of the podcast. A lot to get to like usual. Going to talk with Kalani Satake or we'll hear from Kalani Satake as he talks about the Navy game, why he likes this game being set up for the season opener, what he expects from it. He spoke to the media yesterday. We'll get to that. Also some bad news on the scheduling front for BYU today. The MAC cancels their fall season. Of course, that means the Northern Illinois game for the Cougars has been canceled. We'll break that down a little bit for you guys, as well as continuing on with our player countdown series. The best Cougar to have worn the number 26. Who might it be? We'll break that all down on today's show. A big thank you once again for your continued support on these weekend editions. And without further ado, the weekend edition bonus edition begins right now. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to join us on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Coming out a little bit later to you on a Saturday, but I wanted to get the latest information I could get on BYU football practice from week one. We'll pass along some of those news and notes here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, of course, these bonus editions, the chief reason why I do them is to continue on with the player countdown series. And before you guys that may be new to this podcast get on me saying that, well, the day's not correct, Jake. We started this countdown when BYU originally had a game scheduled against the University of Utah on September 3rd. Now that they have a game scheduled for September 7th, Labor Day, against Navy, we're going to continue to count you down. Also, some very bad news, some very... um, what would you call it? Disheartening news today with the Mac deciding they're postponing their fall sports. They're canceling them and going to look to move them to the spring. That means BYU's game against Northern Illinois and DeKalb has been canceled outright, leaving BYU now with just six games on the schedule as it stands. And very interesting situation all the way around for BYU because I think that they would like to replace that game, but they also might not be able to at this point. Who knows where things are going to go? Because there's also reports out there from multiple national insiders, guys like Brett McMurphy and the like, saying that the Big Ten is now considering canceling their season. And if the Big Ten takes that move or makes that move, you can guarantee the Pac-12 will follow in short order, and you'll start to see really see a domino effect. I don't think the MAC is going to is going to make everybody just immediately cancel their fall season, but it is just a it, it's a domino. It's a smaller domino, but it's not the domino. I think that's going to really end it for everybody. The Big Ten, on the other hand, if they cancel it then you're probably in deep doo-doo at that point. And then it's really looking like, okay, we're moving to the spring. And who knows what we're going to do if that ultimately happens. But we're going to keep a positive outlook on this. And I think the the good news is, is BYU is continuing to look to get these games scheduled. Conferences like the Big 12 have stated, we plan on playing games. So BYU just should continue to move forward as if they're going to play football. Obviously, the Naval Academy feels strongly that they'll be able to get their season in, or at least part of it, or else they wouldn't have scheduled this game against BYU, I feel like. And I think we all need to have an optimist outlook and just hope, you know what, if the MAC wants to cancel it, great. We'll move on without them. And that means BYU has another open date on their schedule on October 24th. Can they replace that with somebody? 
Who knows? I do know for a fact, and this is an insider tidbit for you guys, that BYU has spoken with Dixie State. Of course, Dixie making the transition from Division II to the FCS ranks. They are a fellow independent, uh, so to say. They're an FCS independent this year as they begin their transition period from Division II to Division I. It's a four-year process to become full-fledged or fully, I guess, uh, affiliated, fully-fledged, fully whatever you want to term it, FCS football member, and that has a ramp up due to the fact you've got to increase your scholarships to 63, all the different things that go into it. Well, BYU and Dixie have talked, and I'm talking about sources I've talked to, they have talked about a game this fall. The biggest issue with it is, though, that as a FCS, um, uh, what do you call it, a transition member of the FCS, speaking of Dixie State, there's concern that the game for BYU would not count towards bowl eligibility. Obviously, the Oversight Committee approved this year that you could play up to two FCS teams and have them count for bowl eligibility, but those, are, I think, are counting teams that are officially FCS members, have not are not in the middle of the transition period like Dixie State is just starting off. There's probably going to be some conversations with the NCAA about maybe getting that game approved. If that happens, very easily could see Dixie State on the schedule for BYU. I think it would be a great uh, pickup for the Cougars, all things considered. It's an FCS team. It's a body bag game. It's a money game, whatever you want to term it. But it's another game to put on your schedule. And I think at this point, anybody who will play BYU, you take it, plain and simple. And Paul Peterson has been very vocal on social media, the head coach down there of the Trailblazers, saying we will play anybody. Please schedule us. They want to play football as well. I think there are programs around this country, I guess even in the MAC who are saying, no, we need to play. We should play. I want to play. But their conference commissioner and the conference presidents, the presidents of the university, deciding that they're going to preclude it for the MAC this year. So we'll see what happens for BYU. But I think they're going to push forward here and hopefully have some good news for us in the coming days. All right, coming up here in just a second, uh, we will get to our player countdown series. And then coming up a little bit later on, we'll let you hear from Kalani Satake, his media availability from yesterday. Some great thoughts on the upcoming game against Navy. We'll get to all of that here in just a second. Before we do that, though, reminder for you guys, this podcast does not exist without your guys' support. We wouldn't have been doing it for almost two years now. We're actually coming up here in a couple of weeks, the two-year anniversary of the podcast. We've done well over, I think, 550 episodes at this point. It's been an absolute pleasure to do it, but it doesn't exist without your guys' support. So what I'm asking you right now is if you haven't done so already, please leave us a rating and review. We need those five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. Also, your reviews of what you like about the show, what you'd like to see improved, all the different things that go into it. I've still got some BYU Nike gear I'm going to be sending out to you guys, and I'd like to have you guys be involved in that. If you guys leave us a rating and review, a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, also a review of what you like about the show, you'll be entered in to win. It's simple as that. So check it out, guys. It's an easy way to do it. Go to Apple Podcasts, search out Locked On Cougars, give us that five-star rating, leave us a sentence or two about what you like about the podcast. I'll see it pop up, and you're immediately entered in to win some of this BYU Nike gear. We'll do another giveaway here in the next little bit. But a big thank you once again for your continued support of the Locked On Cougars podcast. All right, guys, let's continue on with the player countdown series. Today is 26 days away, or player number 26 on our countdown today. And we have a great list of finalists, I thought. Some fun names on there. And let's run down the finalists for you real quick. We have former BYU wide receiver Rod Wilkerson. The nickname 50-50 was never more appropriate. Rod was a true speedster out of Orem High School in the early 2000s. Played for those Gary Croton teams and 
man, could he get open down the field? But it was a question of, okay, there goes that 50-yard pass to Rod Wilkerson. Will he catch it? That's where the 50-50 nickname comes from, but a good player nonetheless for BYU. Former BYU punter Scott Ariano as well owns the record for the longest punt in BYU history at 81 yards, besting the 80-yard bomb that Lee Johnson had at one point. Scott absolutely could... bludgeon the football absolutely could pummel it and get it down the field I think one season his long on the year was 77 and of course the other year he was the punter for BYU an 81 yard bomb a great player former BYU wide receiver David Miles uh, played in the mid 1980s on the 1984 national championship team but sadly enough that was the one season he redshirted. So you think about it, he played all these other great years around that. The one season BYU wins it all, he's a redshirt. And then finally, our other finalist is the kicker slash punter, Rhett Almond, a great kicker and punter at different points in his BYU career here in the mid-2000s. I thought did some good things for the Cougars and he impressed me, honestly. When Rhett Allman was being talked about as a guy who could contribute for BYU, I was not. I was like, are you serious about this? You're really going to go with this guy? But I have to say, he really did impress down the street, down the stretch in, of his BYU career. Really got better year over year. Uh, so our our fan vote today went in favor of old 50-50 himself, Rod Wilkerson. 35.9% of the vote. Ariano finishing in third place with 21.9%. Rhett Allman in second place with 25%. And then David Miles coming in with 17.2%. And I would pick Rod Wilkerson as my pick today. I thought he was a fun player, albeit a guy who could frustrate you at points with the fact that, you know what, you never know if he's actually going to catch this football. But, man, there have been few guys like him that could get open down the field with such ease. And it was just because he had blazing speed and really could go very, very quickly and do great things with it. So I think Rod Wilkerson is our pick today at number 26. We'll do number 25 tomorrow in another bonus edition of the podcast. But some fun finalists all the way around. Make sure you go to Twitter. Uh, search us out, Locked on Cougars. That way you can vote on this and let us know what you guys think about what we're doing with this fan vote. Weigh in with your choice of who you think the best Cougar to have worn that number is, and we'll make sure that you guys have your say as well. So Rod Wilkerson today, number 26, the best Cougar to have worn that number, but a great finalist list, I think, all the way around. So search us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Locked on Cougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. And as always, you always can feel free to weigh in with your guys' thoughts by emailing us, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. That is the email address. That is the easiest way to get a hold of us. So really easy ways to get a hold of the show. And thank you once again for your continued support. As we close out this weekend edition of the podcast, I want to let you hear from BYU head coach Kalani Satake. He speaks a lot about the Navy matchup coming up. He spoke to the media yesterday during media availability. His relationship with Ken Niamatololo, the head coach there of the Naval Academy, how that really helped broker a deal that came together very quickly for the midshipmen and the Cougars. I think this is going to be a fantastic game. So here you go. BYU head coach Kalani Satake speaking with the media yesterday. Yeah, just excited for the game. Um, you know, just uh, looking forward to it. And I think our guys are um, a huge sigh of relief knowing that we got the day one, game one scheduled, and we can kind of plan for that. And um, knowing that I think it's a month from Monday, right? So, uh, but yeah, just really excited about it. Is there any specific questions about it? Someone to ask. Let's go, Jared and Norma. Let's, let's I thought I was that. cleared from seeing you guys again, but you know, we'll take requests because I like Brett so much. I was willing to come back. 
Oh, and Kalani, I thought it was just because you liked my lazy boy recliner so much. You know? well, I was hoping to see Jay in his pajamas today, oh, but, you know, oh. we'll see. But, yeah. <laughs> What's up, Jared? I was going to ask about just how cool it is to, to have a matchup with Ken and, you know, your ties from Laie. He talked about it yesterday, both both having your, you know, Hawaiian heritage and being able to match up against a friend and play play him in the first game like this. Yeah, we're really excited about the game. I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, I'm trying to keep it focused on the players, but it's such a it is a cool thing um, that, uh, you know, I've, I've I've known Ken for a long time. And so uh, our family's connected. We're connected through Laie. And so it uh, just makes me think about all the days of growing up. That's where I first learned how to play football and in Laie Park, you know, so um, basketball, all those things that I learned from the, in that area. And so uh, it's just cool that um, – I think he said, I think uh, Ken said, if you look, go out there and you see it, uh, it'll be surprising. But I don't know if it's that surprising if you you go there now, there's probably a pickup football game, tackle football with no pads on. You know, that's kind of what happens in that area. You just know that football's part of your life. And and so it's really cool to be involved with and be coaching. And being honest, uh, just the opportunities that we've had, it just really gives you a lot of uh, – I mentioned gratitude last time I spoke to you guys, but it's the same thing, just – just thankful that uh, the opportunities that we've been given in our lives to be here and live in this wonderful country. And, uh, you know, we're going to be out in the East Coast playing the football game, you know, and we're f- far away from home. So it's really cool that we have these opportunities and the freedoms and the things to do to improve our lives. And just thankful for my family and all, everyone that gives us that opportunity, uh, specifically the people in the military and the sacrifices they make. Let's go Jake and Mitch. They were up. They had their hands up. So. Yeah, Kalani, I wanted to ask you, in terms of getting this game scheduled, when we talked with Coach Nia Matalolo yesterday, he said that this was something he suggested to their AD, and he said he heard back in a couple of hours that the deal was done. Is that the same kind of timeline that you remember it going down as? Um, yeah, it was quick. I just um, I think Tom just called and said, hey, Navy. And I said, great, you know, when? And he said, uh, September 7th. It's kind of odd because we're not used to those dates. You're hearing the third and the fifth and all that. And so I looked it up and it was like, cool, Labor Day game. And I'm really excited about it. Yeah. So I, I, other than not recognizing the date right away, it feels that I don't even know if that's week zero or week one or week, week one point. It's the end two. of week one, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So it, it was just like, you know, I, I think uh, just really cool. It, it, it wasn't really much of a discussion because I think I just told Tom I trust him. And a lot of excitement from the team once that was announced. Once we knew, um, we let the team know as soon as we did and um, try to keep it quiet for 30 minutes. And I think we did it. So it's a good victory for us. <laughs> Real quick for me, Kalani. Uh, I mean, what was the your first knowledge uh, or how far back the relationship with Ken goes? Like, when did you first get to know him? Well, I mean, when you grow up in Laie, that's you. You know all the all the legends that have come through. So, whether they're playing at Radford or Kahuku or St. Louis or Kamehameha, you know who the players are in the area. We're just from the same town, and it's a small town. You know everybody. You know family members, and I mean, I don't. He's older than I am, right? But I, I looked looked to him like a like a like an older brother, a mentor, and he and I have stayed, have remained close throughout our whole coaching careers. You know, and. Um, I, I, I keep in contact with him regularly, so we were, we were able to share some ideas. He's he's doing a great job in church leadership there, and and uh, he's got a lot of years under his belt as a head coach. And so it's, I think it's a good move for me to try to pick his brain a lot in different things, whether it's talking about culture or just uh, life as a as a head coach in general, and for your staff and providing an environment for them to 
feel comfortable and, and safe and feel like they can do their best. And so I've, I've talked to him quite a bit, you know, I've been really impressed with the things that he's done, but he's just an all around great person, you know, and, and uh, um, it's just been an honor for me to be connected with him that way. When, when I was at uh, Utah, we'd played Navy a couple of times um, and he was on staff there. I think he was a head coach, one of those uh, poinsettia bowl games that we played against them. So uh, we've always been connected. I just, He's always been um, humble and showed a lot of class. And, and it was really cool to see him um, be the same way as a head coach and be a really good example to all us coaches out there, especially those that are, that are you know, Polynesian descent. Thanks, Kalani. Let's go Dick and Greg, and then we'll let Coach go. Kalani, the, uh, the option is such a challenging thing to prepare for. Would you prefer to do it in an opener like this or maybe have it down the line? Well, I don't think we were in a position to really be picky, you know, earlier. So I, I think for me, it was just whoever, wh wherever it lined up at. Um, I think we're willing to play whenever. So if we, uh, this is game one, so I think it works out the way we the, we have to adjust our camp schedule and when to prep for it because you, you'd like to get a, an early jump start on it. But um, you also want to establish a good foundation for the things that you can get done defensive-wise and have some battles um, the scrimmages that we're going to see in the next couple of weeks. And so it's just a matter of timing and how much work do we want to get at it. And then um, and then just, you know, trying to work the discipline part of it. I mean, they, they stretch the field and they make you honor all the different options that they can be a ball carrier or potential receiver, including the quarterback, which is a very dangerous thing to deal with. And so um, if we had a lot of experience in the past seeing it and defending it, especially with our connection with Air Force in in the area and um, I was at Utah when we played Georgia Tech in the Sun Bowl. Paul Johnson was the head coach there. And so and seeing Navy a couple of times. So I, I think, uh, but it's it's a different beast. It seems like the, that, that offense is evolving a little bit more uh, when you see the academies run it. Even Army and Navy and Air Force are starting to do a few things that, that aren't just line up and do triple option. They're a lot of, doing a lot of different things. Trap option, they're, they're, you're, they're even spreading out and going in the gun a little bit. So you've seen that from all of them. So it's it's a they're very creative, and um, I think they're doing a good job. It's built around toughness up the line of scrimmage. So we're looking forward to to playing the game. You know, uh, cut blocks as part of the game. We just we're, we're looking forward to to matching up against them and and meeting the f the physicality that they bring to the football field. I think it's going to be a lot of fun for us. Kalani, not a traditional first week in a lot of ways, but now that you're at the tail end of it, how would you say that you and coaches and all the guys have kind of gotten through it and gotten work done? Yeah, I, I've been really pleased with the guys. I mean, I think uh, this year, this having so many guys that have been through camps and have a lot of game time experience has made the transition in the install. Plus, we we've able to have our walkthrough um, sessions. We had these guys do a great job of running their own um, PRPs, a player run practices, and and doing their things throughout the summer on offense and defense. And uh, and and I have to just give a lot of compliments to our players. They. During uh, you know during the quarantine during the pandemic, these guys have have done a great job at getting themselves ready individually, and then still connecting with their players and communicating with each other and their coaches. So uh, it's just been a really cool transition. And now that we're in camp, it's been good because that's our second day with shoulder pads on, and so now we're getting some real football going, and we'll get full padded up soon and get some tackling going, and and then uh, you know we're gonna have a, we're expecting a physical game with Navy, and so we're 
uh, you know, we're going to have to test our guys and see how well they tackle and then try to get the best 11 out there that matchups against that, that difficult offense that we see from Navy. And then offensively, we have to be, keep, make sure that we're executing at a high level. Uh, their defense is a really good defense, too, and then they bring a lot of pressure. So there's a lot of different things that they throw at you, and we're going to have to be ready in all three phases to, to uh, have success against uh, the uh, Naval Academy. There you have it. BYU head coach Kalani Satake. A big thank you to him for speaking with the media yesterday. We weren't sure we were actually going to get him, but he showed up right at the end of media availability. And we'll have more from the other coaches and players this weekend as well as early next week as we continue to break things down from fall camp. Get you guys those notes around the BYU football program and everything else going on with the Cougars. So a lot going on in college football. There's no doubt about it. The MAC canceling the fall season is very disappointing. Here's hoping it's not the tipping point that leads to everything being canceled. Canceled, but who knows where it ultimately is going to go. We'll be back tomorrow with another weekend edition of the podcast. Continue on with the Player Countdown series. And of course, full editions return on Monday. Big thank you once again for your continued support. Have a great rest of your weekend whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 8th, 2020.